Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things, a weekly podcast doused in alcohol and lit with knowledge. Clinkies! Hello. Hi, guys. What's up? Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things, the podcast. Yeah, so last one ran a little bit long. Which I think we sort of knew was going to happen. I was talking about some funky alien sexy stuff, and I talked a lot about uh, yeah, it. Yeah, I guess that's what it was. But we knew it was going to go long, so as per the usual, well, I don't know, as per Welcome the usual, maybe pot. the second time we've done we're this. We're probably a little bit delinquent on releasing this as well. Yes, we're sorry. We're working on it. Um, As you know, I don't know, if you listen oh, to this no, they podcast, know. I had jury they duty, know. grand yeah. jury duty this grand jury. month, Yes. and with that and some other personal things that have been going on, it's been a little bit difficult. Our house to- burned down. Oh my god! <laughs> no. <laughs> Send I, us all your money. Our house done burned down. Jesus, Ooh. no. But you know, there's been some other personal things yeah. going on as far yeah, as man. my family business and stuff. It's been a little sure. stressful. But here it is, the second <laughs> part. It's done. Good. It's finally here. Good lead in. And we are a week out from our live show. Yeah. We're not going to go ahead and bore you with a whole other fucking intro because... No plugs, you know. It's basically... If we did it, it would be the same intro as the one you heard on Tom's part. Bang. So here's my part. Enjoy it. Uh, So we're just going to pick up right right at it. Here it is. Boom. Bang. Yeah. What do you... What? What's next? What do you got? Oh, I'm supposed to tell you something now? I mean... Oh, shit. I just came for yours. That'd be a first. No. I've got my papers. Lovely. I don't have, I don't think I even have much as, as many as you did. No, you got them all folded up and chopped No, up they're not folded. They, I cut chopped them. Chopped and screwed. Yeah, because I printed them from our at-home printer mm-hmm. instead of work printer, so I yeah. made sure to use very minimal papers at work. I'm just like, eh, I'll print them all off and I'll highlight what I need. Thanks, Pops. So. Yeah. Are you ready for mine? Sure. So I'm going to tell you about Ronald DeFeo Jr. Wow, Snow was not pleased. Ron is, Snow is not a fan of Ron Jr. Okay, so I'm going to tell you about Ronald DeFeo Jr. Ronnie. Also, Ronald Joseph, quote, Butch DeFeo Jr. He's got Butch in his name? Well, he goes by Butch because he's, you know, what's up on Butch? you know, his dad, he goes by, he's, he's a junior, so, which means he has the same name as his father the juniors often go by butch no i'm oh, saying that's his that nick thing. that's like his, yeah, his other name you know because oftentimes if you have the same name as your dad your pops yeah you you know you've got a nickname or whatever You're junior do you know that name at all nope nope well he is a murderer weird but also the inspiration for what later becomes the amityville horror movies oh you motherfucker so he's the original amityville killer yes yes the reason that the amityville Daddy. the movies and shit gets made amityville fun fact it's not the dad it's not the dad it's not the dad another reason why i wanted to research this is because i always thought that the real murder that inspired Amityville was the same? Yeah. It's not. The fuck though. I'm going to get into it. What the fuck Okay? Though? Yeah, let's get it. So, Ronald Butch DeFeo Jr. I just want to interject and just say I can't express how much I want to say McDonald every time you say Ronald. Oh. Yeah. So, Ronald Butch DeFeo Jr. was born on September 26, 1951. A Butch. In Brooklyn, New York. Um, he was the oldest of five children born to Ronald and Louise DeFeo. So, obviously, that's why he's Ronald Jr. His father is Ronald. His mother J. is Louise. His dad was a successful car salesman, and he worked for his father-in-law, so Louise's dad, at Brooklyn Buick dealership. And this provided the family with a comfortable upper-middle-class lifestyle. Come over here, Brooklyn Buick. We got deals all day, bro. <laughs> But he also was a very domineering, 
authority figure and engaged in hot-tempered fights with the kids and Louise. He's fired up. So, you know, got a temper. The most frequent target of his abuse was the eldest child, as I just mentioned, Ronald. Junior. I'm going to call him Butch because... I like that. Butch. His father is also Ronald, so I'm going to call him Butch. Butch. And... Things only got worse at school for Butch. Um, He was apparently overweight and was a victim of a lot of taunting. And then I also heard some stuff about him being, he was also ended up, was a bully. So I think it was probably a, you know, a domino effect. His dad was bullying him, therefore, and maybe some kids were bullying him. So he was bullying kids. And, you know, just a lot of times when a kid's a bully, it's, they're only a bully because they are being bullied yeah. at home. Yeah, yeah. You know, not always, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. As he got older, as Butch got older, he began lashing out physically against his father. Doing a lot of mosh pits. Well, you know, as he got, like, st- no. <laughs> as he got, like, bigger and stronger, yeah. he started to be like, you know, fuck you, dad. I'm going to fucking, you're going to hit me. I'm going to hit you back. And apparently also kind of lashed out at a lot of his friends as well. His family started to get a concerned with his behavior and they took him to a psychiatrist but the visits didn't sit well with butch and he denied that he needed any help the trips to the doctor stopped and in place which is so fucking stupid his parents decided that they would start giving him incentives of cash and presents because if he was happy then he wouldn't be mad and he wouldn't lash out oh, so that's shit. the best way to deal with it hey butch don't break nobody's nose i'll buy you a know, playstation bro oh you're a little shit and you're beating up people well if i give you stuff you probably stop. you won't be mad so you won't be an asshole uh. one of the things in this was a fourteen thousand dollar speedboat what which i had to look up because this was in the Oh, you know, I looked it up in the 50s, but it probably, it would have been like the 60s at this point. So I didn't, I did it like when he was born as opposed to. I'm, I don't want to hear an incorrect figure, first oh, of all. Okay. So. Well, in the 50s, it would have been somewhere between like 136000 to $140,000. Like equivalent. Equivalent. Jesus. That $14,000 boat in the 50s. So it would be, it would, have, it would be even more than that. Butch got a nice boat. That's fucking insane. Butch got a nice boat, bro. Ugh. Oof. So, as I said, they hoped that the uh, gifts would placate their fucking asshole kid. But, obviously, that only made things fucking worse. Yeah, just beating people up on his boat. So, by the age of 17... What'd he do? He was an avid user of LSD and heroin. What a fucking combo. Jesus. And was expelled from school for violent outbursts. In high school on LSD and heroin. 17 years old. He also has a speedboat. Probably driving it on LSD and heroin. Jesus. And so he's expelled, which that's, you're done. So that's not, you know, you're not suspended, you're expelled. So in spite of his um, academic setbacks, his parents continued to give him everything he fucking wanted. And by the age of 18, he received the position... A very high up position, position, position at his grandfather's car dealership. Brooklyn Buicks, bro. So you know it's his grandfather's company, and then his dad, who is his Ronald the first, the um son-in-law of the grandfather. You know, and then yeah. So now they're like, all right, we're gonna give you this high up position with where you have no qualifications. And they literally said, we have no expectations. Like, you do what you want. And they gave him a super high fucking salary. Just to fuck off? Pretty much. Damn. I um, so he put a lot of that money that he was getting into a new car and other shit, as well as guns, alcohol, and drugs. Oh. Obviously. I mean, that that mix of things has never caused anybody any problems. The first mix of things, giving your spoiled ass fucking deviant asshole child mm. money and so I'm presents. Guessing, I'm guessing he might be the bad guy in this story. I mean, maybe. No, why would you? 
Oh. That's weird. Just a theory. <laughs> so, Butch's strange behavior. I'm sorry, I just can't go to the fucking Butch. I, my, we know a Butch. We don't know a Butch. I do, yeah. Carrie's, I've never met a dude named Butch my whole life. The guy that works for my parents, Carrie, his brother's Butch. The magician? Uh, no, I don't think it's that. Okay. I don't know. He's got. You can't be a magician there. named Butch. He's got another. I don't know. So Butch, uh, his strange behavior uh, only seemed to increase with time. Weird. He threatened a friend with a rifle during a hunting trip, and then later that day acted as if nothing had happened. Mm-hmm. Which, sure. Smooth, dude. Um, he also, at one point, attempted to shoot his dad with a 12-gauge shotgun oh. when they were in a fight. It's pretty fucking far from okay. Well, he was having Butch. a fight with his parents, and he pulled the trigger at point blank at his dad, but the gun malfunctioned and didn't go off. Woo! Can you imagine? No, Jesus, I, I fucking, fucking cannot. shit myself. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I might. And it's your kid? I might. So... In 1974, Butch was apparently very irritated. How old is Butch right now? 33. Okay. He's 33. Grown-ass man. Yeah, still living with his parents. Mind Should you. I? If I still could, we'd be in the basement. Uh, oh <laughs> no. Feeling, so in 1974, he was feeling irritated by what he believed he was earning a very meager salary. For all his efforts. Right. Correct. Yeah. And all of his qualifications to get the salary. So he plotted that he was going to embezzle some money from the car dealership. But in, well, he had plotted methods for embezzling money from the car dealership. And then I think he came across this like perfect opportunity because in late October, the dealership for some reason, thought it was a great idea to entrust DeFeo with the responsibility of depositing more than $20,000 in the bank. Ooh. Here you go, you responsible gent. What could go wrong? You're so responsible. Take all this money. Please. Well, what did he do? What he planned a mock robbery with a friend, agreeing to split the money evenly with his accomplice. A what? A what was it? Accomplice? That's a not right. Accomplice? Hey, there take the N out Did of I add a letter? You added Oof. The plan went off without a hitch until police came to the dealership to question DeFeo. Instead of calmly answering the officer's questions, he exploded into a rage. And when police suspected that he was lying and asked him to come to the station to check out mug shots of possible suspects, he refused to comply. So, at this point, his dad... Well, I'm not going to be in the lineup, bro, so we're not going to find the right. guy. Well, so at this point, his dad was like, this motherfucker... Because at first, he was like, uh-huh. oh my god, my son was robbed. And yeah. then after he his like outburst and him like refusing to go downtown... Bam, 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 bam. SUV don't... SUV? SUV... <laughs> S- SVU don't Words sue us. Words and letters are hard don't as fuck, bro. SVU don't sue us. But when he... Bum, 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 obvious, bum, bum. Yeah, right? That's what I was doing. Yeah. Um, so then at this point, he was like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. I think my kid did this. And he questioned his son about the lack of cooperation with the police, but... And he fucking just started killing everybody. No, he just threatened to kill his father. Oh, he just threatened him? He was like, I'll fucking kill I'm you. fucking kill you. Is that what he said? Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know verbatim the quote. Listen here, but... pops. I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> I didn't steal my own, my own pops' money. So, on Wednesday, November 13th, 1974. It's a good day. It wasn't unusual that Butch decided to leave work at noon out of boredom. Because he's a spoiled fucking Hey, fucking bitch. work is lame. <laughs> he met his friends at a bar and was constantly calling his house with no answer. Complaining that to everyone around him who would listen, like, nobody in my... I, I, and my family will answer. I don't know why any da 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 da. da. Uh, right? Okay. Why won't anybody answer? I'm calling a lot of times. Nobody seems to be answering, so I'm just gonna keep calling, buddy. Also, that same day. Yeah. So he was at. He went to that the bar around six thirty. That same day, he. And he's calling them like on the bar phone. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess because you know I, mean? I didn't have a cell phone. Yeah. I Maybe mean, there's a payphone. I don't know. So. 
that same day, that same morning, he showed up to work at like 6 a.m. And this is a dude who. That's why you get to leave at noon. You get in there at 6 o'clock. Right. And he was like, I don't know why am I like later on the day? Well, A, they were like, what the fuck are you doing here so early? Yeah. What the fuck? What the fuck? And B, they were like, he was like, I don't know why my dad's not here. Oh, my. And is calling him like, oh, I, I don't know why he's not answering. Do you understand mm-hmm. my acting here? Very subtle. I don't know why my dad isn't answering. It's surprising to me you never took a acting. <laughs> <laughs> so that same day, as I said later, he's at the bar and he's like, I still don't know why my family isn't answering. I'm a robot. This is so weird. Oh, my. You done stressed out the dog. So he eventually leaves the bar. But you done stressed out the damn dogs. So he eventually leaves the bar, right? And according to the book American Mass Murderers, (laughs) spoilers, by Valerie Plaza, I wonder what comes next. He re-enters the bar at around 6.30, yelling, You gotta help me. I think my mother and father are shot. Okay. So some patrons follow him back to his house on Ocean Avenue. There's a place on Ocean Avenue Uh, where my parents got shot and you too. (laughs) No. You can't sing about this. Ocean Avenue, man. Yeah, but you can't make it into a murder song. You better not delete that. That, shit was, that shit was fucking I was going to like jump in because I knew the rest of it, but no. I switched it up. Okay. I, made it, I made it episode relevant. So. Dun, 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 dun. Hey. Dun, 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 dun. So a small group followed him to his house. Okay. At this point, we're like, oh my God, what's happened? And one of the friends of the group, Joe Yeswit, made an emergency call to the Suffolk county police who searched the house and found that six members of the same family were dead in their beds the victims were ronald jr's parents so it was ronald defeo senior who was 44 and louise defeo 42 and his four siblings damn don who was 18 allison who was 13 mark who was 12 and john matthew who was nine all the victims had been shot with a .35 caliber level action Marlin 336C rifle. Oof, that's a weird thing to. That's like a cowboy gun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that's very weird about this. Like, I know I'm weird... going about it in a different way. I'm kind of giving you the dude and kind. Give me the tea. I know I'm not really like going into the murder. Usually, I know I go, kind of go into the murder before I tell you kind of what happens. But well, it's whatever. So the parents had both been shot twice while the children had all been killed with single shots physical mm. evidence suggests that louise defeo and her daughter allison were both awake at the time of their deaths and according to suffolk county police the victims were all found lying on their stomachs in bed just uh, something like i just down. something i just want to say is that the deceased it, you know it's it's not like mandatory but the deceased were later buried in nearby saint charles cemetery in farmingdale so at this point we've found um butch's entire family murdered with a shotgun very brutally and then laid like face down well no they weren't laid that's face down they weren't no that's that's not the way it's the way it's portrayed is that they were all sleeping Oh, okay. And we will get into that because there is a lot of fucking... There's some stuff to come. Conspiracy kind of... Oh. Maybe not conspiracies, but, you know, yeah, we'll get into it. So, um, at this point, Butch was taken to the local police station for his own protection because he suggested to the police at the scene of the crime that the killings had been carried out by a mob hitman, Louis Fellini. Okay. However, an interview at the station soon exposed serious inconsistencies in his version of events. Mm-hmm. Weird. And the following day, he confessed to carrying out the killings himself. And Fellini, the alleged hitman, um, had an alibi proving he was out of state at the time of the killings. Butch told detectives, quote, once I started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast. 
Oof. And he just started fucking murking everybody. Yeah, and apparently the killings from beginning to end uh, lasted about fifteen minutes. Oof. Which actually, I feel like is a long it's time. A long time. You know. Based um, on every action movie I've seen, you could kill a hundred people. In 15 minutes. <laughs> With a, sh- he's got a shotgun too. That's yeah. Fucking <laughs> even better. Lo- no, I mean that's kind of slow. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. If it's not loaded. Um. Yeah. He admitted that he had taken a bath and redressed and detailed where he had discarded crucial evidence such as blood-stained clothes and the Marlin rifle and cartridges before going to work as usual. From what I know, he used pillowcases to discard, you know, the weapons to he put a lot of the stuff in probably his bloody clothes and stuff. He showered. I know he trimmed his beard and as you do. He put a bunch of stuff in um pillowcases and threw them in oh what's the little thing that Pennywise pops out of? Uh Georgie. Like a storm grate? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't think of that. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. a storm thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Hiya Georgie. Hiya Georgie. <laughs> so at this point, you know, he's admitted we we know he's he's done it. Yeah. His trial began on October fourteenth, nineteen seventy five. He and his defense lawyer, William Weber, mounted an affirmative defense of insanity. Of course. He claimed that he killed his family in self-defense because he heard voices plotting against him. Which really, if you forget that we're talking about the Amityville shit, ties. Oh, you know, really yeah. kind of brings that yeah. to back to light. Which I will get. I'm going to get into that whole, the Amityville yeah. aspect of it. I totally forgot, actually. But, um. So the insanity plea was supported by the psychiatrist for the defense, Dr. Daniel Schwartz. Um, The psychiatrist for the prosecution, Dr. Harold Zolan, maintained that although Butch was an abuser of heroin and LSD, he had antisocial personality disorder and was aware of his actions at the time of the crime. Gotcha, bitch. On November 21st, 1975, he was found guilty on six counts of second-degree murder, and on December fourth, nineteen seventy-five, Judge Thomas Stark sent yeah, Judge Thomas Stark hashtag Game of Thrones. Winter is coming. <laughs> sentenced him to six concurrent sentences of twenty-five years to life. He Got is him. currently held at the Sullivan Correctional Facility in the town of Fallsburg, New York, and all of his appeals and requests to the parole board to this date have been denied. Yeah, bitch. Obviously, good. right. The fuck. The fuck, though. So, with all that, with that murder, there's so much more. A, because obviously it inspired the Amityville horror movies. Also, there's some stuff that I'm going to touch on in just a few minutes of a family that moved in after. Ooh, into the same house? Which caused a lot of the haunting shit. Ooh, spooky, spooky. But then there's also these controversies about the fact that... Controversies. <laughs> no. Controversies. Controversies. That's what I said. About a lot of people who feel like there's no way that he did this all on his own. And there's a... There's a I'm just going to kind of... I'm going to kind of dive into the... I guess you could say conspiracy controversies. The metaphysical elements Of people who it, are kind of like, da-da-da, maybe this, maybe that, maybe this, maybe yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you know? A yeah. little bit of this, a so little bit of that. all six of them were found face down, lying on their stomachs in their beds with no signs of a struggle. And the police investigation concluded that the rifle had not been fitted with a sound suppressor. So it didn't have a silencer, mm-hmm. right? And there was no evidence of sedatives. In any of the victims. Curious. As if, like, maybe they had been drugged. And that's why none of them had a struggle or moved. And that there was n- there was no signs of then, of any of them being awakened by gunshots, right? Okay. yeah. Police officers and the medical examiner who attended the scene were initially puzzled by the quickness and scale of the killings and considered that possibly that more than one person had been responsible for the crime. Mm. Also, neighbors did not hear any gunshots, and apparently any of the neighbors who were awake at the time said all they heard was the dog barking. They didn't hear gunshots or anything. And we're talking about a... Like a cowboy rifle. With no silencer. Yeah. 
killing six people with more than six shots. Uh, as we know, Butch had a, a volatile relationship with his father, but the motive for killings was still very unclear. But apparently he asked police what he had to do in order to collect his father's life insurance. And that prompted, oh. yeah, the prosecution to suggest at trial that his motive was to collect on the life insurance policy of his parents. Homie trying to get paid and just murder the whole family. There's also a later version of Butch's story that he alleges that his sister Dawn killed his father and then their distraught mother killed all the siblings. Oof. And then in this scenario, Butch killed his mother. Then there's another telling in 1990 that Dawn, or that where he has Dawn shooting all of them and then where he kills Dawn. So over time, he he changes his story a lot. Mm. Yeah. A sure sign of innocence. Right? Hashtag KC Anthony. Oh, damn. Fuck that bitch. So in 1986, he did an interview with Newsday where he claimed his sister Dawn killed his father. And then their distraught mother killed all of his siblings before he killed his mother. Uh, he stated that he took the blame because he was afraid to say anything negative about his mother to her father which you know with sure the, yeah the guy that owns yeah yeah brooklyn Buick, um, and his father's uncle uh out of fear that they would kill him because apparently his father's uncle pete defeo was Petey, in the, from the block yeah genevieve's crime family yeah Genevieve's so whatever yeah. let's see oh come on my he also said that he was married at the time of the murders to a woman named Geraldine. He's, a, he's married to Geraldine over Geraldine, who, with whom he was living in New Jersey at the time, he says, and that his mother phoned to ask him to return to Amityville to break up a fight between Don and their father. So apparently he drove to Amityville with Geraldine's brother, okay, Richard, and that... Dick, uh, so it's Dick and Butch... <laughs> God From New Jersey to Brooklyn. Stop. And that Richard was with him at the time of the murders and could verify his story completely. Mm. Right? Okay. okay. Come on, Bri. Sure. Come on, Butch. In 1990, he filed a 440 motion, a proceeding to have his conviction vacated. In support of his motion, he said that Don and an unknown assailant who fled the house before he could get a good look at him killed their parents and Dodd subsequently killed their siblings. He said the only person he killed was Don, and then it was by accident as they struggled over the rifle. Give me that gun, bro. No, you, and you ag- give me that. Again at this point, he says he was married to Geraldine oh. and that her brother was with him at the time of the murders, even though he's literally kind of changed the story. So now he's kind of, okay, yeah. Um, an affidavit from Richard, who is Geraldine's brother, was submitted to the court, and it was asserted... He could not be located to testify in person. Evidence was submitted to the court by the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office suggesting that Richard did not exist and that Geraldine Gates was living in upstate New York married to someone else at the time of the murders. Oh, shit. He was talking shit. Come on. He made that whole shit up? That's crazy. Geraldine Gates did not testify at this hearing because the authorities had already confronted her about the false claims, and in 1992 secured a statement under oath where she admitted that Richard was fictitious and that she didn't actually marry Butch until 1989 Ooh. in anticipation of the filing of the 440 motion. So it was like, yeah, what you doing? Uh, Judge Stark denied the motion, writing, quote, I find the testimony of the defendant overall to be false and fabricated. His testimony that during the fall of 1974, he was married and lived with his wife and child at Long Beach, New Jersey, is incredible and not worthy of belief. He produced no corroborating evidence in this regard. Another reason for my disbelief of defendant's testimony is demonstrated by consideration of several portions of the trial testimony. He signed a lengthy written statement describing in detail his activities. In this statement, he said that he lived with family at 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville. Stop! And then he worked for his father. That he usually went to and from work 
with his father. That he was ill and stayed home from work on November 12, 1974. That he was on probation for having stolen an outboard engine and an and had an appointment to see his probation officer in Amityville on the very afternoon. Defendant's girlfriend, Mindy Wise, testified that she began dating the defendant in June 1974 and was with him frequently that summer and fall. Stark further declared, Defendant's testimony that he did not shoot and kill the members of his family is likewise in- incredible and not worthy of belief. I knew some end, of those words. End quote. On November 30th, 2000, Butch met with, I don't know how you say this person's name. It's R-I-C-O-S-U-N-A. Rick Osana? Rick Osuna? The author of The Night the DeFeos Died. This is a long time removed. We went just from like the 70s to the 2000s. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm going to kind of, I'm going to jump back a little, but this is just sort of the stuff focusing on him. And then I'm going to kind of get into the Amityville yeah. aspect of it i guess so he wrote the night that afeos died which was published in 2002 according to As- asuna they spoke for about six hours him and butch okay however in a letter to the radio show host lou for lou lou gentle lou gentile butch jr denied giving asuna information that could be used in his book claiming that he immediately left the interview and did not speak to him about anything. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Well, according to Rick, I'm going to call him Rick because I, I feel like I'm butchering his last name. Hopefully it's Rick. Rico. According to Rick, Butch claimed that he had committed the murders with his sister Dawn and two friends, Augie Jejanero and Bobby Kels- Kelsky. Augie and Bobby. And Bobby Kelsky. Quote, out of desperation because his parents had plotted to kill him. Mm. Allegedly, Butch claimed that after a furious fight with his father, he and his sister planned to kill their parents and that Don murdered the children in order to eliminate them as witnesses. He said that he was in rage on discovering his sister's actions, knocked her unconscious onto her bed, and shot her in the head. Police found traces of unburned gunpowder on Don's nightgown. Oh, which Butch proponents allege proves she discharged a firearm. However, at trial, the ballistics expert said that unburned gunpowder is discharged through the muzzle of a weapon, indicating that she was in proximity to the muzzle of the weapon when it was discharged and not that she actually fired the weapon. Oh, gotta. Right? No. Saying that she didn't, like... Oh. I mean, like, she... It could have gotten on her because she was fucking shot. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, obviously, he's made many claims. He's changed the story many times. Flip-flopping like a But at the end of the day, it's pretty obvious that this motherfucker murdered his His entire family. family. Horribly. But it is weird (laughs) that they were all on their stomachs. Yeah. And that... It seems like it was ritualized. Nobody woke up. Yeah. So along the lines of the whole kind of conspiracy or different ideas of what happened or whatever, as I was just saying, you know, it was weird the way they were all found and that apparently they didn't wake up. Which is super hard to believe. And there's six of them. Yeah. They do, I do see and read that when he shot his father... The mother woke up That's what and then was twice. killed. But the fact that they are all found shot face down is really weird. Who? Yeah. I don't sleep on my stomach. I mean, I I guess you do. But yeah, what, is do. The, what are the odds of six people in a house all sleeping on their stomach? I bet they were like ritualistically killed and then placed in the beds face down. Well, the thing, there was no drugs in their system. Yeah, I'm not saying that there would have had to have been like he lines them up and shoots them all in the back of the head and then puts them in bed. No, there would have been blood everywhere. So there's ballistics of the bed. Like they certainly it's, were shot. They in were the shot bed. in their bed. Oh, absolutely. Oh, wow. They were shot how they were, and so that's where like a lot of people were like, "Well, were they drugged?" And that's the reason that nobody woke up. But there's no drugs in Listen, any of their Everybody systems. in the DeFeo house sleeps very heavily. Sorry, it's a poor joke, but you know, maybe I mean, you never know. Like they could have could have just been a big house. But there, I mean, there. On the Wikipedia, which, you know, you can only give so much credit to, 
it says that there were signs that Don and his mom Louise were awake when they were shot. But it was so quick. They were still found shot yeah. on their stomachs. Yeah. And, it, you know, in their beds. And if, if I'm in, if I slept on the couch and you were in our bed and somebody came in and shot you, obviously I'm waking up. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. give or take, this is a mansion. Which is what I'm saying. Like, it's a big place. But even Louise, the mother, was sleeping right next to his dad. Yeah. So, okay. So, there's this whole thing that has surfaced that there might have been a second shooter. Because the whole idea of the fact that six people so many, so were quickly, shot yeah. so quickly and nobody woke up and nobody tried to struggle. Right. Is very confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there was this... A, a doc, a guy who made a documentary named Ryan Katzenbach, K A T Z E N B A C H. I'm gonna refer to him as Ryan the rest of this time because I probably butchered that. I wish you'd refer um, to him as his last name. Shut up, Mr. K. He said, "Quote: This crime did not happen the way it is commonly accepted." And as I said, that he thinks he found new evidence that there's a second shooter. Oh. Um, he said, "Quote: We firmly believe that there was." Indeed, a second gun involved in the commission of the crime. He, at this point of this interview, he was working on his third documentary about these murders. Wow. And he insists that he has the documents and the evidence to prove that there was more than one person responsible for the murders. A team of underwater archaeologists hired by Ryan have found a gun in the canal behind the house. Oh. Yeah, but we're talking like. A bajillion years later. Sure. But fine, it's whatever. Aqua Survey's Mark Padover told CBS2 that, quote, once we cleaned it off, you could see that there was a trigger and a handle, end quote. He said that the gun was turned over to Crime Lab immediately for a forensic ID. Ryan said that this new evidence confirms a longstanding belief that Butch didn't act alone and that he needed help to kill all six people. John has long questioned the idea that a single person could have committed the crime. Mm-hmm. He says, quote, how could a person walk through a three-story Dutch colonial and shoot six different victims on two separate levels and no one got out of bed and no one put up a struggle? Yeah, that's what's fucking me up, like, um, obviously. Yeah, um, there's apparently other details about the case put together that add up to a second gun and second shooter that with evidence like a a photograph of a pillowcase found in a trash can next to the canal. Ryan says, quote, We knew that Butch had used pillowcases in the cleaning up of the crime scene. Um, After the killing, police said that Butch used a pillowcase to carry a rifle and other evidence that he took from the house and tossed tossed it all in a storm drain. Georgie. Hi, Um, Georgie. They found his handgun holster, but no gun. Ryan said... That the missing gun is the one that his team, he thinks, pulled out of the canal. Uh, Lastly, Ryan, this filmmaker, claims that other details from the 1974 police report point to the possibility that someone else helped Butch kill the family. Eyewitness reports, crime scene photos, and handwritten notes all add up to a second gunman, according to Oh, who is it, though? But, you know, this guy is probably... He's on his third fucking documentary. He's yeah. probably like, definitely a thing. Yeah. Oh, I, I found this content. thing. Yeah. It's like these, uh, what are those people who are mining for gold or whatever the fuck? Gold miners? <laughs> no, the show. Fishing, fishing for gold. I have no idea. I don't know. It's like those people who are like. Yeah. It's like. Gold what, rush maybe or something like that. Yeah, those people yeah. are looking for gold or hunting for Bigfoot. I feel yeah. like this guy's like, I'm. No, I found this thing in this canal a bajillion years later. Sure. Okay, dude. But I wanted to touch on it. Touch it. I touched it. So lastly, I want, obviously, this horrific murder and there's all this stuff. And there is a lot of, there are a lot of controversies. Controversies, yes. Oh my God. About maybe what had happened. And obviously he's changed his stories tons of times, but... For me, I think he did it. 
obviously like cut and dry. I don't really. I, don't, I mean, sure, I don't know. Sure. I I think it is a little weird that they were all found the same way. That's the weirdest piece to it. And that it seems like nobody woke up. But there's this whole other story that derives from that was born from this. This multiple reasons, I guess, but mainly because of this family that moves in to this house. Yeah. Afterwards. The ha- yes. And they are the Lutz family, L U T Z, and they moved in a little over a year after the murders, knowing what had happened there, which is really probably more of what you're going to see if you're going to watch like the Amityville movies, mm-hmm. which is why as you said at the beginning of my story, same for me, until I researched this and like really knew about it, I always thought it was the dad. Sure. Yeah, me too. And in the actual story that really this comes from, it's the son, which, yeah. you know, I always thought it was the, the, the dad. Yeah. So the Lutz family moves in a little over a year after the murders. And it's George and Kathy Lutz and their four children. As I said, they knew about the events. So of- there's six of them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Four kids. Two- yep. And they knew about everything that had taken place. Probably get that $500 mortgage. I'm with it. <laughs> but it's a 3,600 square foot house. Huge fucking place. Waterfront access, boathouse, heated swimming pool, garage, full basement. You know, they, they buy it. It works, yeah. Right? So a quote from George, the guy, the husband. Mm-hmm. The father of the husband. As soon as Kathy had walked into the house, she had a smile on her face that just beamed. That hadn't happened in all the previous homes we looked at. I knew from the look on her face that this was our dream home. Well, soon after moving in, things started to change very dramatically. Oh, weird. Um, After they had had the, the place blessed by a priest... By the urging of a friend, apparently. Mm-hmm. And George and Kathy said they began experiencing strange things like banging noises, footsteps untraceable to any family member's movements, mysterious and pervasive odors, green... Stinky farts. <laughs> green jello-like substances leaking from walls. Also stinky farts. Toilet water turning back. Same thing. Swarms of houseflies and eyes peering in from the outside windows. Oof. And they even said that the family's behavior began to change. They get more aggressive. Uh, That George was often sick and went days without bathing Mm. and lost weight while Kathy apparently had constant nightmares. And their kids started to apparently fight a lot. As the disturbances started to get worse, they decided to leave the house temporarily. But the night in which they were to depart actually ended up being their last night there. Oh, why? George was reluctant to explain the full details of that night. Um, He once said that, quote, the hardest thing for those people who experience a haunting is the loss of being able to communicate with anyone else about it. It's not talked about. It's not understood. And when it happens to you, you become an alien to everyone else. Kind of ties in with your story. Yeah, a little bit. Like, wait. The entire family's account was later dismissed as a fabrication by a paranormal investigator. And the late Dr. Stephen Kaplan ultimately said that the stories of haunting were, quote, too wide ranging and probably stem from a pre-existing obsession with the paranormal. So they only lasted 28 days. Oh shit, in this really? House. Uh-huh. Cuz all the freaky shit. Yeah, they left as I said and and never went back. And according to an interview with George, the dad father, Dad father. Uh, dad father Lutz uh gave to Ghost Village, what the fuck that is, in 2005. That's where them ghosts live. <laughs> which was one of his last interviews before his death in 2006, that um, they didn't realize at the time that that, that was going to be their last time leaving the house. And, quote, we didn't get up to leave that morning. You need to understand that. This was our house. We lived there. 
Uh, but after a night that particularly frightened two of the children, the Lutzes said they had called a priest they had been in contact with throughout the ordeal who encouraged them to go somewhere else the following night just to get some rest. Since obviously none of them were sleeping well. They went to her mother's. But George said, quote, When we left, we didn't know we weren't coming back. We didn't know that what we were leaving behind, we would never see again. Um, and then instead they ended up packing up their bags from Kathy's mother's house, leaving the rest of their belongings in the house, which apparently would later be auctioned, mm. um, and boarded a plane to San Diego. San Diego. San Diego. So the Lutz's claims that the house, you know, was so haunted and all this was happening was deemed as like a hoax. And, you know, they were just kind of bullshitting for attention because they knew the history of the house and sure. they knew that they could get interviews and this and that. A little bit of fame. Um, yeah. And there are, you know, there's been so many sure. documentaries done about the house and stuff. And so I looked up the the house mm-hmm. because I saw that the last time it went up for sale was the summer of... 69. I think it was 2017. And it had been owned by four different families in the decades since the murders. One of which asked the address to be changed. Really? Because obviously, like, I can see where if you're going to buy the house and you're going to try to make it yours and get past yeah. its history. You don't want people coming there and, like, knocking on your door, taking pictures and shit. Sure. Or wanting to see have a tour. Like, I understand that. But according to Zillow, mm-hmm. the house was sold for $605,000 damn! March 16th of 2017. Wow. So that was two years ago. And none of the other owners have reported experiencing anything paranormal while in the residence. Mm. Which I'm like... Lame. Dude, like... Y'all lie. That's... It's just kind of, for me, like, nobody else has tried to bankroll off this house you know what i mean and for me it just feels like the family just kind of but there are documentaries about it and the and apparently the kids who live there do say that that there was shit that happened and blah 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 but there is this one really freaky thing so right now if you're not driving i want you to pull up your phone okay there's something i want you to google because this is freaky. Google demonic boy photograph. If you're not driving, do this. And if you are driving, do it when you get home or when you're stopped. Demonic boy photograph. Go to images. Images. Let me see. This creepy little fucker. Yeah, look at that. Okay, you see that? Yeah. What's your reaction on that? That's spooky. Um, Looks like a little dude in his PJs looking over the So banister. demonic boy photograph. Uh, this image pops up as a very iconic photo. It was taken during an investigation by paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh. Who we've previously discussed if MK-19. you're familiar with this podcast. This was several weeks after apparently the let's left the house. And if you're driving or you haven't looked at it, it shows a small boy with glowing eyes in the doorway in the doorway to the left of the frame and there were no children in the house at the time. Which, I mean, looking at that, isn't it creepy? Pretty fucking creepy, yeah. If that's... He's one of like the DeFeo kids or whatever, yeah. You know, how... how Hard it would be to doctor or whatever. I mean, yeah, it can't be that easy to... I mean, that's creepy. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's thought uh, to show the spirit of John Matthew DeFeo, who was the nine-year-old at the time of his death. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, which it's creepy. Like, go look at it. I'll post. Yeah, we'll post we'll it on, on the Instagram. Website, yeah. It's super creepy. But I guess just to kind of finish it off, something that I found really interesting that when the Lutzes bought the house, they made an eighty thousand dollar offer. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the orig- all the furniture of the family was still in there. Like everything original was oh, still wow. in there, and it wasn't included in the eighty thousand dollars. So they they paid an extra four hundred dollars. For all of the um, furniture in the house. Yeah, to, to get all of it. And it was also like in the exact same place as it was the night of the murder. Mur- murder? As it was the night of the murder. Ooh. And. 
Spooky, spooky. I have read a few things that the kids of the Lutzes, it wasn't the same mattresses, but they apparently maybe slept on the same like beds. bed springs as, yeah. the, as where yeah. the bang bang. Yeah. Well, so super heavy as per usual. Woof. Yeah, woof. But I, I, I found that story so crazy. It's wild. Yeah. I'm sorry if it was really long, but one thing to just have like a murder cut and dry, but then it had yeah. this thing where there's all these other stories and then there's all these like, you know, contradictions and conspiracies, if you will, of maybe what did actually happen, what didn't happen. And then for it all to spiral into this family having all these claims of it being haunted and all this stuff happening. And then Ed and Lorraine Warren being a part of it. Interesting and then flex it there. All I didn't see that coming. Snowballing into the Amityville horror. You know, that's something that is if you're a horror fan, we all know the Everybody's Amityville. pretty familiar, yeah, yeah. And that's the fact that when you watch the Amityville like movies, it's all, you know, the dad is corrupted by the house and these spirits and blah 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 and it's and it's kind of like you know, shining. he murders the house and yeah. to find that that's such a minute piece to piece the actual of story. The thing, and it and and it was the sun. Yeah. I, I just thought it was really wild and it was something yeah, that I've was. been thinking about covered it, covering and I just was like, yeah, screw it, I'm just gonna do it. I love it. That was awesome. Woo! Woo! Okay, oh my god. Oh my god. We've been going forever. Oh I need another drink. It's over. So, uh, woof. So, we're just gonna go ahead and cut this off. Good night. We've had a long day. We are ready to mm-hmm. shut this down. Follow us on all the social media Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, mm-hmm. Tumblr. Go to our website, www.wedrinkandwenowthings.com, for pictures, links, stuff like that about the, the every episode. Uh, as well as every once in a while, we'll do a cocktail. I'll throw the recipe on there as well. Mm-hmm. Please email us at we drink and we know things podcast at gmail.com. We recently just got an email from somebody. So exciting. Yeah. I'm not going to drop your name yet because I want to drop your name when I do what you suggested. We finally got a suggestion email. I'm so yeah. excited. It made me it's cool. so happy. Yeah. Appreciate you. Leave us a five-star review. Do it, motherfucker. Please iTunes, wherever you write listen. a review, man. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Castbox, Castbox, a couple others. But we're yeah. gonna try to get on some more things. Yeah, man. Hang out with us. Talk to us. Reach out to us. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye.